Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fish Nerds, a show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Clay Grove, Chief Executive Fish Nerd, Licensed Fishing Guide, New York Times best-selling podcaster, and I'm super happy to be here and to be healthy. Welcome back. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're happy to have you listening. Hope you enjoy the show. Every week we try to tell you stories about fish, fishing, and eating fish that are always interesting, usually funny, and mostly true. Uh, today on the show, we're going to do the fish in the news, and then John King is bringing us uh, the final part of the Anna on Ice fishing uh, interview. So it's a little bit of ice fishing chatter, and then... Uh, Next week, boy, we got some show coming up for you. I'm working really hard on something very, very special, so you're going to love it. Uh, a little housekeeping first before I get too far into the show. Last week, we did not release an episode. I am working on releasing it, but it's going to be a Patreon-only episode. Uh, Patreon is how we raise money for the podcast. The reason I'm not releasing it is because, well, there's two reasons. One, um, the, the biggest reason is the audio from... The person I interviewed wasn't great, and I really like to try to get good audio on the show. But the other reason is we were doing an interview with uh, with a New Hampshire group called the um, Free Staters, and they are a libertarian group coming to New Hampshire trying to get enough of a populace to change our government. I live in New Hampshire. Uh, I am not a Free Stater or a libertarian, although I do like some of the idealism of it. Uh, but I thought I'd have him on the show and have a little chat and I ask him some really cool questions and see where he'd go with those answers. Uh, there was no real surprises. I also had to my friend Tony Zors, a libertarian. The libertarians don't always agree with the, with the free staters. It's a different level of extremism uh, to help translate some of his uh, stuff into like normal speak. Uh, and we talked, one of the most interesting things we talked about was how do we divide up or how do we decide fishing regulations in a world where you don't believe the government's job is to make regulations for fishing. And basically what he said was all water would become private property. So individual ownership of water, there's no water rights like there are in most states, uh, including dividing the ocean up into sections of the water that you would own or a corporation would own. And then if you wanted to fish that water, you would pay the corporation for the rights to fish that area. I hate that idea so much for so many reasons. But even that, I, was, I wasn't swayed to not release the show. And then I'm, I'm on the Free State Facebook page as I'm editing, and I'm kind of like, ah, what are these guys up to right now? You got the porcupine logo and all that stuff. And they're organizing. Uh, right now we're dealing with coronavirus, um, and we're all sheltering in place and trying our best to, to work together to keep the curve down. Uh, but they organized a rally in Concord to open the state back up. Uh, there's a couple of reasons that this is a problem for me. First of all, for these guys, it was not about opening the state for business. It was about showing off their guns and their tactical gear. It was like it was it was almost as if it was like a um, they were going to like a comic con. They were just uh, having dress up parties to show off all their tactical gear. It had nothing to do with freedom or any of that garbage that they pretend to be about. It really was about showing off their guns, unless they were planning going to the state house to shoot a virus. Uh, but for me, it's kind of more personal, because 
I am, I've, I think I lost all my income, all my jobs. I've given up everything along with millions of other Americans to try and flatten the curve. And when, when people get together and protest a disease, a disease is not fascism, a disease is not tyranny, um, and we're all working hard to flatten the curve, and they are doing something like that, they are devaluing everything we've given up and been fighting for. And fighting is a very loose term. I'm watching TV and fishing, um, so I'm not sure they even call it fighting. But I did give up a whole lot for it, and so I, I took it very personally, and I decided not to give the Free Staters access to the Fish Nerds platform into your ear holes. However, it is interesting interview, I think, and so you'll find that up at patreon.com slash fishnerds within the next week or so after, once I get done editing it. Uh, if you're not already donating on, on Patreon, we'd love to see you over there. And it, quite literally, Patreon is the only reason this show exists. So if you get any value at all whatsoever out of this show and you like what we're about, like what we do here, uh, go over to patreon.com. Look for the fish nerds and give us, you know, we're trying to get about $5 a month from each listener. If we could do that, um, if, actually, if, if every listener could give $5 a month, I could make a whole living making the podcast. We get, be, get to be a better show. But if a good percentage of you do it, that means we can buy better equipment. I need to get John King a, uh, a spit guard. Uh, for his microphone to get better audio quality. I need to get the amazing James a better microphone. I need to get Doc Martin whatever it is she needs to keep making stuff for us because I just love her so much. Um, but the, the idea is to just make the show better and better for you and to keep it going. So anyway, that's kind of the housekeeping of why no show came out last week. I got really angry at the Free Staters and I got in a real FU moment with it and did not release. So my apologies. If you are a libertarian or a Free Stater and you love our show, we still love you. We're still glad you're listening. Um, I have no problem with libertarians or free staters for that matter. Just that one little thing. You know, we disagree on a lot of stuff, but like when you hurt other people, it's not okay. And and I think that's kind of the, the difference um, because they can hurt other people. I'm a high risk person. I have one lung. I cannot get this virus. So help flatten the curve. Keep doing the right thing. Uh, and we're going to get on with the show now. Um, with some fish in the news. Because everybody loves the fish in the news. Let me get that right up here for you. News, news, fish in the news. Everybody loves their fish in the news. All right, first one comes from The Stitch. No, comes from uh, WYFF Channel 4. This is breaking news. It's from California. The headline, Lost Fish Becomes Viral, a Viral Laugh in California Neighborhood. Uh, and basically, it's a um, picture of a fish on a bulletin board. <laughs> he responds named Charlie, don't chase him. He may act aggressive. When sixth grader Emile Lev Twombly made the fake fish pet poster for laughs, he did not expect to go viral in his neighborhood in Carmichael, California. The student, who is social distancing with his family due to the coronavirus pandemic, was inspired by his own boredom to create an amusing poster for his fake pet, Charlie the Fish. And it reads, response, Charlie, do not chase, may act aggressive, $50 reward. And uh, actually, it's a really funny little poster. And it makes me kind of wonder, uh, during the pandemic, what are you doing uh, to entertain yourself? I'd love to, if you head over to Fish Nerds uh, podcast on the group on Facebook, share your videos of your silliness. Um, the other day, 
my daughter Sammy and I decided to turn our treadmill into a video game. So I had her lay on her belly with her mouth open, and I dropped, uh, I dropped jelly beans on it and had her, had her catching the jelly beans. And I thought that was tremendous fun. I'd love to see what you are up to during the pandemic and how you guys are entertaining yourselves. From <coughs> excuse me, from seafoodsource.com, COVID-19 coincides with fight against deadly fish disease. The outbreak of COVID-19 pandemic has found the, Dem- the Democratic Republic of Congo, the DRC, in the middle of attempting to avert the spread of a separate outbreak called the episodic ulcerative syndrome caused by an infection among wild fish caught on the streams and rivers in the country's equator province. By the time the first COVID case was confirmed in DRC on Monday, March 10th, the country, which is also battling increasing Ebola cases, had a resurgence in security perpetuated by a militia group in some provinces. It was nearly five years behind schedule in the implementation of the recommendation by the FDA, uh, and because of the prolonged heightened political activity, it led to many, many more uh, national uh, infections. So basically, I mean, gosh, the Congo is already in so much trouble already anyway, socioeconomically, uh, war-torn country, and now uh, they've got several pandemics happening at one one time. You think you got it bad over here, and you're scared over here. God, imagine being in the Congo. Uh, the International Emergency Fish Disease Investigation Mission on a Suspected Outbreak of UEUS was launched in 2015 to probe the cause of disease and poor quality fish in Libala Loco uh, in the Mongola Rivers in the DRC's Ecuador province, where seafood is a key source of food. Between 13th and 19th of March, uh, the FAO team visited the affected fishing areas, conducted field investigations and laboratory tests, and confirmed a widespread presence of this disease, which may have been triggered by the presence of low water pH that favors this infection. The seasonal flooding cycles causing migratory fish to sw- uh, into swampy areas promotes the seasonal outbreaks of this disease. So, man, they're fighting this fish disease, which comes from their food. They're fighting disease from respiration and war. Um, man, just, just kind of gives it some perspective of uh, where we live and how lucky we are. Uh, this is one of those things where I saw the headline and started reading it and then hated the story as soon as I started reading it. So I'm, I'm going to bail on that story. Yeah, this is more important and bigger news uh, than you've dealt with all. And this is uh, coronavirus news again. This is from Channel 14 uh, News in uh, Spain. <laughs> and the headline is, Man Busted for Taking His Fish on a Walk During the Pandemic. <laughs> In La Grono, Spain, uh, sometimes people get bit a bit stir-crazy in the middle of a coronavirus lockdown. The unidentified man in northern Spain was busted this week for taking his fish on a walk in his bowl. He appeared to be trying to take advantage of the rule allowing pet owners to leave their homes so that their pets can relieve themselves. <laughs> the National Police tweeted a picture of the fishy suspect with his finned friend sitting in a bowl on a bench. <laughs> Uh, Spain is under a state of emergency, greatly limiting when residents can leave their homes. Last month, police in Murcia caught a man in a T-Rex costume roaming the city streets. The department posted a video of the encounter to the theme uh, Jurassic Park. During the state alert... Uh, the state of emergency alert, pets are allowed to walk accompanied by a person, always with the short walks to relieve themselves. Uh, the two, their tweet said, having a T-Rex is not covered. It's important important news here. The video ends with the words, uh, quedate en casa, or stay home. 
Quadate. Quadate. I don't speak Spanish. The man in the T-Rex costume is seen sulking down the street, presumably on his way back to his home. So, uh, again, we got it pretty good in this country. Some countries are really taking this seriously, and they're locking down, and they're limiting how much you can buy your house at all. We're very lucky uh, to be in a country that's really being as good to us right now as we deal with this horrible, horrible disease. But anyway, that's Fish in the News. I hope you found it news worthy. <laughs> the other thing I've been thinking about during this pandemic is uh, freshwater fishing and eating freshwater fish for food. We're starting a series uh, on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Uh, you can go to our Fish Nerds Facebook group again for that, of, uh, of group chats or game nights called the Fish Nerds Happy Hour, the and Happy Hour. Uh, a couple nights ago, we did a happy hour. It lasted about two hours long with uh, all kinds of fish nerds on there. And we discussed the ethics of eating freshwater fish in a pandemic. Uh, A lot of us are avoiding going to the supermarket at all, and so fish might be our primary source of protein. We dealt with uh, snagging fish. We talked about the problem of mercury in fish and heavy metals. And then we shared some great recipes on how to cook fish. And I'll be editing that down, hopefully, for a future podcast so you you can hear what that's like. But you can be part of that by just hanging out on our Fish Nerds podcast group and on Facebook and you'll just have the information and you can be part of these conversations. So really great stuff happening all the time with the Fish Nerds podcast. And we're, and we're again, we're so happy you're listening. Uh, I'm going to get off now and hand the mic over to the crappie hippie himself, Mr. John King, because he's going to bring you the final part of his, of, of his interview with Anna on Ice. He must have kept her on the microphone for about six hours to get all this stuff. And we really appreciate uh, John and all he does for this podcast. He's been really, uh, my motivation has been kind of low in the last few months, and he's been really lifting me up and propping me up, reminding me how important the show is to people, and that helps me keep motivated. Um, It's funny how losing your job, you have all this time, which means you should be producing content and art like crazy, and mostly you just don't want to do anything. So... Um, I'm getting motivated. I'm going to be okay. Tomorrow morning, I'm going fishing. It's opening day here in New Hampshire for trout waters. And I hopefully will be catching and eating a brook trout. Here's how I'm going to cook it if I catch it. I'm going to cook it on a cedar plank. And I'll take videos and pictures of this for you. Uh, Real slow cook till it's nice and soft and tender. And then I'm going to put fiddleheads, which is an ostrich fern that grow locally around here. Uh, this time of year on top of that, and a poached egg and hollandaise sauce. That's how I'm going to do my brook trout tomorrow if I get one. Uh, The ferns are just coming in, and everything else should be good to go. And we're really looking forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Fish Nerds. And here's John King, the crappie hippie, with his interview with Anna on Ice. Every group of fishing friends has the one. They are the one who catches bigger fish and more fish more often. Their reputation grows and soon their skills are known throughout the neighborhood, the lake community, your small town or school. Sometimes they're acknowledged in the media, but mostly their prowess, humility and patient grace on the water is recognized and praised by those who know them or know of them. We call these fishers local legends. Thank you very much for that intro from our in-house blues guy, Isaiah Beardstubble Medlock.
You can get Isaiah's latest record, I Was Blind. Then I opened my eyes and realized I was driving a car. On WTF Records. And now, part three of the Fish Nerds interview with Anna Lesishin. Anna on ice. It's all about the fishing. So let's talk about fishing, okay? I couldn't agree more. Hey, this is Crappie Hippie, your tree-hugging redneck from eastern Kansas. And let's get on with this third part of the interview with Anna Lesishin. Yeah, I mean, they're just, they're goofy. They're just goofy, kind of lovable, <laughs> lovable, snaky little fish, so... Hey, now that's my buddy, Anna on Ice. This young lady is everything you'd ever want in a fishing buddy. She is passionate about the fish. She is passionate about the environment. Um, she is a kind person. She is a confident and conscientious person. And most of all, she has those big dreams that we all have, places she wants to go, things she wants to do. So we're talking about the fishing. Let's talk about some of her big ideas on where she wants to go and what she wants to see. Anything you want to talk about can be joyous, it can be angry, it can be whatever. One minute. What's on your mind, Anna? Man, we, I mean, my gosh, we covered it all. I, yeah, I, I think we say. covered a lot, but there's got to be something that you're like, oh, I wish, or or just, you know, tell me what you're going to do when the when the ice goes out, or just, just blast off. One minute. Oh boy. Uh, well, when the ice goes, well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it, I'll, I'll leave it to that. When the ice goes off, I'm going to get my seal head. That's got to happen. Right on. And uh, my kind of my summertime goal is I want to, I want to catch my, I want to catch a sturgeon really bad. That's my other big one. Um, yeah. And do some more traveling. I'm definitely going to head back up to Canada, um, see some new, some new bodies of water. And uh, actually another goal, I'm going to catch a Manitoba or just Canadian crappie because I've not caught a crappie while I've been up there. So that will be the positive note that I'm going to, I'm going to lead off or I'm going to end off with is that my, my crappie obsession will continue in another country. I know you fished the Lakers, both in the free water and through the ice. Any other trout on your list? Yes, I need to, um, I need to check. It's kind of a, it's it's kind of like a personal curse because I've yet I grew up on Lake Superior and I've caught lake trout, I've caught brown trout, I've caught brook trout, and I still don't have my steelhead, which is just silly. It's kind of been a it's become a joke kind of between me and my my godfather a little bit, um, because he's a huge steelhead uh fly fisher. And I I don't I haven't checked one off yet and I had my chance. Um, up at Wacusco Falls, and I still couldn't get it done. So um, that's that's going to be my that's going to be my my goal for probably the open water. I'll probably head up to Lake Superior tributaries for for trout opener and see if I can't get it done. Break my curse. All righty, we'll we'll all be pulling for you when that goes on. Um, let's talk about future world conquest. What career goals does Anna have for the future? Oh, career goals. Um, boy, I, uh, I, I mean, I have some species that I want to check off my list for sure. Um, but I want to do some travel too. You know, I definitely want to, um, I definitely want to dabble in, in some saltwater stuff. I want to kind of do some ice fishing other places in the world. Um, I, I, for whatever reason, I kind of became, um, I, I stumbled upon it somehow. South Korea has these huge, huge ice fishing 
festivals that are all like trout fishing wow. on these big backwater bays. And I mean, it's like thousands of people. Crazy. And it just looks, uh, it just looks so dang cool. I mean, it sounds, it, it's more, you know, about the, you know, whole festival feel and everything like that versus oh, more yeah. serious angling. But I'm just like, oh my gosh, would that be, it just looks so picturesque. I'm like, I, that's something I really want to experience. Um, and I want to get, I want to get to South America or at least Central America and get on some big rooster fish uh, for sure. Some big, wow. some, um, you know, amberjacks or something like that. I would, I would love to get some, some big trophy saltwater fish under my, under my repertoire. Well, that's, that's fantastic. And um, let's see. Also, um, all right, talk about um, wanting to return to the mother country um, and do a little ice fishing in Ukraine. Is that correct? I would. Yes. Yeah. My, my dad's whole, my dad's whole family is from Ukraine. So, um, and that's very, very prevalent there. Um, but it's, it's, it's very different. It's extremely skill testing. I mean, they, there's no electronics. There is none of that. And you're using, you know, um, palm rods there. And I, that is something that I'm, um, I've, I've done a few times here, you know, pan fishing with palm rods, but I mean that it's, those fish have seen so many hooks over there that the people who can really catch them have a lot of skill. So, uh, definitely something I would want to, to put on my checklist for sure. Wow. That's just fantastic. And you said palm rod, is that correct? Yeah. So if you, if you Google palm rod, it's this tiny, I mean like the, it's the line you have to use for it is like, you know, a millimeter of a millimeter of like one pound test. It's crazy. Um, and it's just these T tiny little rods, um, that fit in the palm of your hand. And it's the, the actual rod portion where the line goes through is almost, um, it's like paper-like. It's like almost like it's so you have to be, it has to detect such light bites that it's just insanely, um, delicate. Wow, that is so interesting. I mean, this is the kind of stuff we love on the nerds. We love geeking out and hearing what people are doing all around the world and how they're getting it done. I just found honor to be a wonderful, wonderful conversationalist, a very active mind and very ready to share her dreams. And that dream of going to the Ukraine and trying the fishing there uh, was a particular interest to me because it sounded like extreme ice fishing, which I have heard a lot about. And so this next segment, let's hear about how Anna gets extreme. Extreme ice fishing. I heard about this on uh, Women's Angling and Adventure. Um, I uh, 60, 70 inches of ice just to fish a two or three foot water layer below. Um, I've heard of you out in, in 60 below weather and so on. Talk to people like me that are just my wife is like, she's crazy. They're crazy. I, you know, extreme ice fishing. Go. Yeah, right. The, those are the days where people are the you know normal people are just like stay inside. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I would say when it comes to ex- you know extremes, uh, there's no. I've gotten to the point now. There's there's no temperature that'll stop me. Uh, <laughs> it might stop my gear, uh, you know, to some capacity, but I'll, I'll do whatever I can to prevent that from from inhibiting me. But I mean, yeah, by especially up, up north in Canada, I mean you know, mid to late season, we're using double auger extensions. Um, and, you know, for me, that that means a stepladder <laughs> to, wow. to, to drill a hole. Um, but, you know, and Lake Winnipeg's a great example just because, I mean, that lake is is not 
really deep. So, I mean, the ice will thicken up real quick uh, on bias wires like that. So, yeah, you'll see plenty of people that have double double extensions and, and whatnot come late season. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's it's just – it's the passion for ice fishing in its truest form, I guess, is uh, if you're, if you're willing to get out there and, you know, risk your, risk your life and safety, I mean, not life risking, but you know, you're, you're getting out there and, and just getting after it despite uh, whatever the weather throws at you. My buddy Clay and Vinny and these guys, they, they do another extreme ice fishing thing. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but um, they do it the other direction. They go out and do a thin ice uh, fishing deal where they go out on an inch or two of ice um, but they're only over a foot or two of water. And I guess uh, in New Hampshire, when the uh, fishing game goes to release the brood fish that are too old or not producing or whatever, they do it right before ice on. And uh, they go out there and uh, they, you know, they'll go through every now and then, but it's, it's their extreme fishing. You really got to watch what you're doing. But apparently these, these stalkers, these, what they call them tank scrubbers, um, just swim around around the edge you know hunting food um they've been in captivity so long they really don't have any wild behavior so you show up and um risk life and limb have you ever heard of that um i I never had till i met these guys i i haven't no i'm uh i'm uh you know the fact that they're on such thin ice but at least i mean that's that's shallow that's uh sounds sounds interesting i'd love to see the video of that yeah, I, I mean, definitely seeing if all my, my uh, uh, childish dreams come true, we'll all meet up there during that prime two weeks uh, because it's it's that early on first ice thrill uh, that they, they go out and do, and it, it looks so fun. Um, I sent Clay. I brought Clay when I came up to see him. I brought him some jigs, and he took my um, – yeah, I tied him up a mop jig for trout fishing, and um, he caught I don't know how many beautiful brookies on it until – he said he wow. had one, six or seven pounds that took it away from him. So, wow. Uh, yeah. Sounds, yeah. I'd um, love to see some, some, uh, recording of that. That sounds interesting. Well, he, he if you look, get on, um, uh, fish nerds, um, he, he has an IG and he, uh, did a, Oh, and I'm, and on my glasswater angling feed that I put the little movie cause he shot, he just took and put his cell phone over the hole and you'll watch four or five trout come in and, you know, take a swing and a miss at that jig. I mean, they're just going, shoo, shoo, shoo. yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so anyway, extreme ice fishing that we are, we're going to get together and try either together or separately one of these days. I like it. All righty. That was a fun conversation. And, uh, it's really cool that I could introduce her to some extreme ice fishing that my friends do that she'd never heard of before. And I also know that she has friends in New Hampshire. So even if I can't make it, I'm confident that Clay and the crew will take her out for some extreme brookie fishing, uh, if she's up there and they get that sort of opportunity. Okay, now we're going to do a few species here real quick. Uh, We're going to talk about pike fishing. We're going to talk about burbot fishing. And then we're going to talk about her first love and mine, the king of the panfish, crappie fishing. Um, Okay, pike, traps, jigging, spearing, any and all, or one preferred, or how do we do it? Oh, boy. Um, I... You know what? I'm a, I love tip-ups. I've been a tip-up connoisseur for a long time. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about, I don't know if it's just from being a kid and, you know, the whole like, oh, flag and you're running and it's yes. exercise and it's, you know, this total just, you know, chaos that, that can ensue. But um, I love big pike on tip-ups and, you know, and especially if you get a bonus, you know, walleye on there too, who can who can complain about that? Not me. 
<laughs> my my favorite though is um or I should say my what kind of took the pike fishing to a next degree was this summer going up to um not not too far from Wakusco Falls. I went to Baker's Narrow Lodge um up on Lake Athapapascow. Say that ten times fast. Um my gosh, that that pike fishery is just unbelievable. You can just park your a boat in a little backwater bay and you can actually sight fish 40 inch pike left and right. It's just insane. Just crazy. Bakers. Okay. We're going to listen. I'm keeping that one on in mind and going to get in on the list. Okay. I want to talk about burbot because it's a love hate thing. I, I hear that people throw them out on the ice and do all kinds of evil things to them because, um, I don't know why, uh, they're a native fish. If I do believe, um, I saw that you nailed some nice ones up there at Wisconsco. Uh, how do you feel about burbot? Have you ever had one? What do you, how do you catch them? Uh, talk about burbot for us. I have a special place in my heart for burbot, actually. Um, I don't even think they should be a rough. You know, I've heard inklings that they're going to stop classifying them as a rough fish now because hey. now more people are targeting them as a sport fish. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. They're just, they're so, they're just kind of goofy they're, in my mind. They're like this snake, you know, they're like this snake mud puppy-esque fish that has you know, a bass mouth. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and they're just, they're just kind of goofy in their own little characteristics. And they, you, when you're ice fishing them, um, which is, you know, the, the, the most common time that you catch them. I, I rarely ever catch a burbot in open water season, but um, they come up the hole first or they come up the whole tail first, which is just hilarious. <laughs> okay. And, um, and when you do choose to eat, you know, to, to selectively harvest them, they are tastier than tasty. Uh, up north, we call them poor man's lobster because if you if you fry them upright uh, in some bacon fat, holy moly, it's it's just delicious. Well, that's what I hear from a lot of people. I mean, there are some people that say, "Oh no, they're garbage," but I don't. I think once again, we're talking about couch uh, couch commentary. There, um, they are related directly related to cod, so it doesn't you know surprise me. Um, but I, I want to try one. I want to catch one. Uh, Clay is totally into, uh, catching them and eating them. They're not nearly as prevalent there in New Hampshire, um, as, uh, where you're at. Um, I know that you can trap fish them at night. You can also artificial, um, lure fish for them at night. Um, but you seem to catch plenty during the day as well. Yeah, it's uh, it, there's there's some lakes that just have higher populations. Okay. Um, in central Minnesota, we have we have whole festivals that are called you know the Burbit Eel yes. Fest, and so some some lakes just have a higher concentration. And yes, I they they are primarily nocturnal. I would say the, the when I catch a lot of them, it's it's at night. Um, they love stinky you know dead minnows and they love anything that glows so you Whoa. know if we're intentionally targeting them we use like you know we'll use bigger spoons that are all glowed up and we'll put you know just like a dead minnow on it and just almost lay it on the bottom and nine times out of ten you'll catch a burbot well, um but during the day i mean they're scavengers they're still they're still predator fish on the hunt so um there's been plenty of times especially um just with like our dead sticks um, which are, you know, just your, your set line that you're not actively jigging. We catch a lot of verbit on those in the daytime too. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're just, they're goofy. They're just goofy, kind of lovable, 
<laughs> lovable, sneaky little fish. So, well, I wish everybody felt that way about them. I, I um, when I, you know, Clay uh, likes to use a real heavy jig and let it boom, you know, boom onto the bottom, uh, let it drop back, you know, and it put my lure designer mind to thinking about what I could do with a kind of a spinner arrangement to get a whole bunch of thump going on and, 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 and bring them towards you, uh, maybe with some little bait trailing off the, the hook there. Um, oh, yeah. we're going we're gonna to have to get up there and, uh, research this one of these times on, and we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, put you on to helping me with that project here. Yeah. You might have to schedule a trip for a little, for a little research and development. That's right. R and D pure business all the way. It's <laughs> uh, somebody's got to do it. You love crappie. I love crappie. You know, let's talk about those crappies. That was your first love. And you said your deepest love as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was, that was the, uh, yeah, I did a post about that. And I remember I, and you commented on it because yes. you're, you're, you are the crappy hippie and I've, I've been deemed the crappy queen by others. So we, we, we get it. We ha- we get we the, get it. <laughs> but, uh, that was, yeah, I would, I would say for lack of a better term of the gateway drug <laughs> fish well, for it, me, um, in, in angling period, I, when I talked about the the little resort I'd go to with my family, it was a just outstanding crappie fishery, just one of those hidden gems in central Minnesota, just gin clear water. And I could lay on the dock as a kid with my Snoopy, Snoopy pole and just <laughs> catch crappie after crappie after crappie off the deep water dock. And um, I, yeah, I mean, as corny as it sounds, I was hooked. So well, they... they I- they started the addiction that 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 cliche is always always fine around me um my what is it that you love i'll tell you what i love about crappie you tell me what you love most about crappie fishing um you know i love their i I love their versatility because they you know they're almost or maybe i should say their temperamentalness you know especially through the ice i i think it's just comical about how i can go to a body of water and fish it two days in a row in the same spot. And one day, you know, I can have crappies just slamming or T-boning, you know, slab wraps. And then the very next day, they'll barely nibble the, you know, they'll breathe in like a hair jig and spit it back out before you even know what's happened. So I think I I think I have a little bit of a respect for them in that sense because they they're just they can be, they can just be total predator fish one minute. And then, you know, this, this light biting finicky fish, the, the next. So uh, I, I just have that appreciation for them. I, that's I'm totally on board with that. People ah, crap, easy to catch. I was like, Oh yeah, you go out in the middle, you know, on hundred degree degree day, you tell me how easy they are to catch. Um, my thing is I love them because of the finesse. I, I, I love a big blow up on a bass, but plug on the surface or this, that, but when you got a fish, um, you know, to where you can develop a skill to where you just lose contact with that jig just for a second and you hone to where your, your arm just goes up when that happens or that line just moves to the side, you know, just a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, the, you're teaching someone to crappie fish and they're like, you know, I'm, I don't get it. It's like, watch your line, watch your line. But that's my favorite part. The, the finesse, the, the uh, fact that they are not showy and the fact that they are not, a big, loud, fat fish like a largemouth. And largemouth anglers, don't come down on me. I love Billy Bass. I fish for Billy Bass all the time. But crappie's my love, and it's the finesse that, that puts him up there number one. 
Yeah, they they definitely they'll they'll test your they'll test your your skills and your and your knowledge. Uh, they will and test day you. Out. That's a, they uh, will test your library of cuss words as well. Yes, uh, that that too. Okay, that was a lot of fun, and I tell you, the description of Burbot um, that she gave sounded very very familiar to me. Uh, goofy, uh, lovable, likes loud glowing objects, uh, likes things that stink. Uh, big mouth mud puppy. Um, this is more like my wife describing me to a group of people that we uh, don't really know very well. And uh, in bringing up um, the thought of my lovely wife and our relationship, uh, I wanted to go out on a bit of a limb and get personal with Anna and ask her if she planned on doing any fishing at Relationship Lake anytime in the near future. Uh, what about family goals? Um, I know you have a boyfriend, or at least you've told me you have a boyfriend. I know he, he doesn't show up in your uh, media, but uh, uh, how do you, where do you picture Anna being, uh, you know, family goals? Or, <laughs> what, what does that look like? You know, I feel like I got a lot of time left, so I'm, I'm just going to keep doing me. I'm just going to keep, you know, fishing my life away. And if, uh, you know, if I, if I decide to settle down with a, with a guy that can keep up with me, then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then that that might be in the cards but uh um you know i like i said i'm sure having a family one day and and you know kind of laying some roots here in minnesota are, are definitely definitely in my cards um in the future but boy i got a lot of fishing i want to get done before then so okay all right well i i think you'll get it done even after um, I, I just keep having this strange mental picture of you going into labor on the ice. <laughs> Nicole's screaming, come on, Anna, come on. And you're like, fish on flasher, fish on flasher. Just, yeah. <laughs> oh, Can't leave I'm hooked yet. up. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I just have the baby on the ice. Oh, the, the, the views, the views, it would go viral for sure. Exactly. Oh, it's too funny. <laughs> okay. I have kept you longer than I said I was going to, and I appreciate it. Um, let's, I'm going to finish this up here. All right, that concludes our three-part series with Anna Leshishan, Anna on Ice. I hope you all enjoyed hearing about her different fishing techniques and fishing experiences, uh, fishing dreams, and all that good fishing stuff that we fishers love. She is a wonderful, wonderful person, and it was both a privilege and a pleasure to be allowed to give her an interview. Thank you, Anna. We appreciate it very much, and we look forward to having you back soon. All right, y'all, it's Ben Crappie Hippie, your tree-hugging redneck from eastern Kansas, saying tight lines and valentines. Peace out. Well, you've listened to a couple of fish nerds when you could have been out fishing. We'd like to thank our friends and family for putting up with us and all the fish nerdy stuff that we do. And remember the code of the fish nerds. Spawn early and often. Never take a free lunch with strings attached. And swim against the current every chance you get. You just made a podcast with the fish nerds, Anna. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean, casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast, just for the halibut, fried in a basket or broiled in a pan, eat it raw like you're in Siam, fish nerds, fish nerds. 
nerds. It's a podcast.